Veritas, welcome to another Equipping Podcast. We're here with Sam Anderson, uh, one of our pastors on staff, and also a special guest, Lance Greco, one of our Connection Group leaders. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, money and the Christian and how a Christian should uniquely look at and handle money. It's a topic we all deal with, so we're excited to talk about this today. Lance, introduce yourself, uh, and why in the world did we invite you today? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is Lance Greco. Uh, I've been at Veritas for uh, over four years now. Uh, My wife, Lisa, and I are Connection Group leaders, Um, and uh, so I... I don't. I think you asked me to come because I'm a financial advisor, and that's what I do all day. <clears throat> but uh, I have a disclaimer here: uh, I'm still st- subject to all of the um, temptations and you know bad mistakes. I told you earlier I'm here because I've made more mistakes than most people I know. But it's one um, path to being an expert. Being an expert, yeah. absolutely. And so. it's always good to learn from other people's mistakes than your own. Uh, but yeah, Lance is a. a Connection Group leader, financial advisor by trade, but just a passionate follower of Jesus who cares about money management. I remember early on when you first started coming, we had talks um, about that where you gave me a book that maybe you'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I may. It may. I may it, not. it had an impact. <laughs> so let's dive into this topic. Let's do it. Um, let's, let's start where we should start with the gospel. When we say, how should the gospel shape the way somebody handles money? Um, we are people who are shaped by the gospel, and that means all of life. Mm-hmm. Like, all of life is all for Jesus, mm-hmm. um, including the way we handle money. So we've, we want to ask the question, how should the gospel shape the way someone handles money? Let's start with what is the gospel. Let's give a quick explanation of the gospel. Well, the gospel is the good news, and the good mm-hmm. news is that while we were all, we were all sinners and we were all born in sin, uh, and at uh, the moment we're born, we have an eternal uh, destination at that moment uh, that is south. Um, but the good news... <laughs> That's just not like Alabama. Yeah, no, There's no, like, it's not like Alabama. Sounds kind of good right now. It's rainy outside and cold. <laughs> and the other part of that bad news is that we couldn't save ourselves. There's nothing we could do hmm. um, to avoid that destination. But uh, thank the Lord that he sent his son, Jesus... Jesus came down to earth, stepped down from heaven. Uh, and speaking of being tempted, making all, he didn't make the mistakes, but he knows the temptation, mm. even of managing resources. Mm. And um, he was tempted in every way, but never sinned. And he was the spotless lamb of God who went to the cross. I know this all sounds churchy, but it's true. He went to the cross and paid. He was the only one that could pay the price for our sins. And he did that when he died on the cross. He, his last words were... It is finished, and that's actually an accounting term that means paid in full. He mm-hmm. paid our debt in full. And so uh, by virtue of understanding that and acknowledging his, um, him as your Savior and as Lord of your life, so we get into managing here. We're going to talk about God being the Lord um, and uh, of your life. He offers that as, as a absolutely free gift, eternal life. Mm. And so... And it's amazing, and that's all, I'm sure, it's our favorite part of being part of the body of Christ, is watching people come to that realization through the Holy Spirit, but come to that realization, turn their life over to God, and watch the incredible change hmm. that happens. That's the gospel. So sinners separated from God, mm-hmm. God sends a son, redeems us yep. through the sacrifice on the cross, 
reconciled back to the Father. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with my Savior. What does that have to do with how you manage money? What are some of the lessons kind of from a 40,000-foot view that, the, that we learn in the gospel that has an implication on how we handle money as Christians? Yeah, absolutely. Um, even like what you were talking about, Lance, the fact that uh, yeah, the, the payment was issued, paid in full, um, that's not the first time that Jesus talked about money. In mm-hmm. fact, you look through the Gospels, Jesus talks about money more than he talks about religion, sex, any of the other hot topic things. And so um, when, when we're talking about money from the Christian perspective, uh, it's not because the focus is on money, it's because the focus is on God. Mm-hmm. And we believe that all of life should be lived for God's glory, and that means how we handle our money, uh, how we spend our time, uh, how we use our uh, talents to serve other people, all of those things matter. And so Jesus addresses that in the Gospels and has a lot to say. Um, but, yeah. So the, the, the passage that I picked out was in uh, Matthew 6, uh, mm-hmm. Matthew six nineteen through 21. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up... For yourselves, treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Just that, yeah, that calling to focus and intentionality on are you living for this world or are you living for what's to come? Mm -hmm. And that's represented in the way that we handle everyday life things, including finances. One that comes to my mind is, the benefit of the gospel is we are made heirs with Christ, that we have an eternal mm. inheritance, which should empower us to kind of set us free from the greed of materialism now. And a lot yeah. of times when this life is all you have, you're trying mm. to collect as many toys as you can. You think that validates you. This is what you're fighting for. Retirement is everything. But the gospel changes that to say, no, eternity is everything, and you have an inheritance, mm. which should take the legs out from materialism and greed a little bit in our lives. Anything for you, Lance? Oh, absolutely. Well, your money tells a story about your priorities. So Hmm. if you look at your bank account, you're going to see what's important to you. And so uh, if we're truly living as everyday missionaries, where our money goes either kind of confirms or negates what we're sharing regarding Jesus. And so it's where we put that money that God's given us and allowed us to steward, to shepherd, I'm using church words, but shepherd to, to control Okay, he's given us control, and we can make decisions that are honoring him, decisions that are not honoring him. Um, uh, I, I, um, my fun, fun word for today, okay, is fungible. Okay, fungible, fungible. <laughs> it's even got fun I, in I the have word. Never heard that word <laughs> until before this year. Really? Yeah, starting. Okay. To, everyone's talking about NFTs and all that stuff. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fungible means able to be substituted for something of equal value or utility. Interchangeable, exchangeable, replaceable. So. I think the reason Jesus said so much about money is because money is the most fungible thing. And as a result, see, money can represent all the good things that you want to do with it, but it can also represent bad things. It can, mm-hmm. it can, resent, it can um, represent a temptation or a sin. Um, it can represent just, you know, materialism and just being pulled away. 
um, and letting those things capture our heart. So I think I really think that's why, because as opposed to addressing one specific sin, money kind of covers a lot. Hmm. A it's lot. it's the the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil in that sense. So let's yes. go, let's dig deeper a little bit into that, because mm-hmm. Sam, you mentioned earlier that Christ talks a lot about money. Yep. In fact, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. Like mm-hmm. it was a major point of topic. And you kind of touched a little bit on why that might be. Why else do you think the Bible addresses money so much? Yeah, I mean, when you've got passages that talk about not being able to serve both God and money, it really displays where your heart is. Is your heart like what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Is that represented in the the things that we're trying to do here and now? Or is that saying like, no, I'm not living for this life. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm free to be generous and care for other people and give, uh, you know, cheerfully to mm-hmm. other things. Yeah. You mentioned Matthew 6. Yep. They're like, yep. when Christ says you can't serve both God and money, which is catches you off guard because you think he'd say you can't serve both God and Satan. Like yeah, that's right, the opposite. Right. But he's saying, no, the, the greatest competitor uh, for our heart with God is, is mm-hmm. money. It's materialism is, is that kind of... A pursuit that he he addressed specifically there. Mm-hmm. Why else would be a reason that we feel like Jesus talked about this topic quite a bit? Well, I mean, I, th- I really think we've hit on it, but I think it's really important to note that um, the things that Jesus said about money, the things that the Bible says about money, they're not for God and for God's gain. They're for us and for our gain if we'll follow his direction. God doesn't need our money. He doesn't have any need of it at all. So when he's addressing it in the word, he's really speaking to us mm-hmm. about you know how we should live and how we can grow closer to him and how we can yeah, we can we can foster his kingdom work, but his kingdom work's going to get done with or without our money. Mm-hmm. So it isn't about his kingdom work. He's going to get that job done. It's really about him shaping us mm-hmm. into who he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe one of the best indicators of the need to talk about it It is our own emotions when the topic comes up it's like no don't it's we're guarded don't Mm -hmm. don't go there just just stay on religion or just just teach the bible well we are it talks about money quite a bit um, because it it is such a window into our priorities Mm -hmm. um, and our heart that god wants Mm -hmm. so you mentioned and read from matthew 6 earlier uh, what are some other passages in scripture Pick, pick one and Let's, let's read that, and, and what, is, what is it teaching us about money? Okay. Well, you mentioned it briefly. I, I brought it because, it, to me, it's the most misquoted uh, verse, uh, in, maybe in the Bible, but certainly about money. And it's 1 Timothy 6.10, which says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. What do people say? People say money is the root of all evil. <laughs> they, they miss that yeah. beginning part. Yeah. But it is, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith, and this is fun to say, but it's not a good thing, pierced themselves with many pangs. And you don't want many pangs. So um, (laughs) if you don't want to get pierced with pangs, um, you should not fall in love with money. So somebody Mm. once said, uh, it's okay to get money as long as the money doesn't get you. Mm. And it's it's a fine line because it's kind of like food, right? I mean, we can't stop eating. We have to eat. So there you has gotta, to... You have to go there. Is that, <laughs> is that... <laughs> that was too easy. Just poking the bear. <laughs> we got to eat. And, but 
we gotta we gotta manage that. And uh, same with money. I mean, you can't really get along. I mean, you could go somewhere maybe where you could get along with money somewhere in the world. But yeah. What's so equally convicting on that passage mm-hmm. is the love of money means you can be poor and love money mm-hmm. more than you should. And you can be mm-hmm. rich and love money. Yep. You can be middle class and love mm-hmm. money. It's mm-hmm. kind of the test of the heart. I yeah. think the, the other thing too that I mean, we're talking about, like the, the perspective and the love of money um, and even just that like temptation towards materialism mm-hmm. and like it's easy for us to look at what's right in front of us, the here and the now, and want our pleasures, our desires, our comfort, and that stuff. Um, I, you know, I grew up very kind of materialistically minded, and that was when I came to Christ. I think one of the first things that God started prodding me with was like, "What are you living for? How's that going to be?" And one of the first, one of the first like passages of Scripture that it really took to heart and just hit me and um, really shaped the way that I needed to change how I was approaching life in light of receiving the grace um, through Jesus Christ is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So just that like call to obedience and that that love, like are we being rich towards God or mm-hmm. uh, rich towards ourselves yeah. and focused on what we want? Yeah. Yeah, I think of Luke 12. Um, Jesus tells a parable. It's called the rich fool. Um, he's a farmer. He has a really successful year. So he has all this extra income. He's like, what do we do with this? I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to remodel. I'm going to build bigger <laughs> barns. Um, and we read that part, and it's like, that's a role model. <laughs> like, that's what we're trying to do. Like, be successful. Build our things. Get right. bigger. And, and then the twist of the story is he dies, and mm-hmm. Jesus says he's a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had this limited time uh, to be rich towards God in this this resource way and instead he was rich towards himself Um, so it's you have to have this eternal perspective with your money Mm -hmm. of are you trying to to leverage the the only life that we have on earth to be rich towards god Mm -hmm. because there's going to come a day where that time is up and what we did with our resources is going to matter and we can live for a a period of time financially where all our peers would say you're killing it I want to be just like you, and God would call that person a fool. Mm-hmm. So it's convicting. But even to understand why he tells that story, two brothers were uh, fighting over an inheritance. And the irony is, if you're rich towards God and you understand the gospel and the inheritance you have in Christ, you would yeah. be fighting over this inheritance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that big a deal. Because he warns them of why he tells the stories. Be on guard. like Watch out for all kinds of covetousness or, or greed. And that's kind of back to the heart issue of like... Why are you fighting over this? Why is it that big a deal? Mm-hmm. Have, a, have a bigger perspective on things. So guys, let's get practical. Mm-hmm. What is a piece of money advice that you would give a Christian? Okay. First one is don't share the gospel with your server at a restaurant and then stiff them when it comes time to tip. Okay? <laughs> okay, that's practical. That kind of reflects money. poorly upon yeah, that's Jesus, right? I heard yeah. somebody, they, they gave like a $100 tip, but it was a fake bill with Jesus' picture oh, on it. No. Like, like, <laughs> Or was oh. it a tra- I've seen those that are the tracks where it's oh, like it's a track, but it looks oh, like money. Yeah. Yeah, please yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Oof, wow. Okay, another practical tip is know where your money's going. You can't make informed 
you're supposed to be a manager of this. You can't make informed decisions about how you're going to give, how you're going to live, how you're going to save if you don't ha get, have a handle on your cash flow. Money coming in and money going out. So there's lots of good tools out there. There's Mint, There's which I think is... I think it's free. Yeah, it's free. Uh, yeah. Yeah. free? That's um, my, the one my wife uses, yeah. and it's I know that okay. it's free because she went paper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's connected to – it's super easy. It's okay. connected to your checking account. Yeah, And great. the transactions come money. in, and you assign them to a category, groceries, gas, whatever. Um, same for every dollar, it's called. But get a budget tool. And mm -hmm. first of all, don't even don't – even, you don't even have to say the B word, budget, okay? It just – Track your spending so you know where it's going. Then you can say, oh, man, did you realize we were spending this much on going out to dinner? Um, that might be more than we should start to put. It's kind of an electronic envelope system hmm. is what it is. So, And you don't have to do it electronically. You could still do the cash. We did, we did that system. early on in our marriage. Yeah. We did the envelope system, which yeah. is helpful. But I think once you do that, then you can start to make you know informed decisions about your money mm -hmm. and um, what well, wise decisions. So, and build in, build in uh, giving, you know, build it into your budget. Yeah. Why would you challenge Christians uniquely to apply that? Hmm. Unique. Well, I mean, it's applicable to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if you don't, I mean, it's going to, it's, it's going to get you. I mean, if you don't budget in giving, if you don't make it a priority, um, if you don't do that, do your do your giving, saving, then your living. It's then it's going to be all living. It's it sneaks up that, on you. Yep, it can get you. That's the American yeah. way. And as Christians, we really have to understand the idea of stewardship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That. We're responsible and we're yeah. accountable for what we do. This yeah. Sam, what what money advice would you? I don't give? know, Lance. You talk about budget like it's a swear word, but I'm <laughs> one of the nerdy guys that I've got my spreadsheet and I like I don't know I've I like doing that stuff. So awesome, uh, I, awesome. I enjoy budgeting. Uh, anyways, so practical advice I would say when it comes to so laying out a budget, knowing where your stuff is going, I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in what is right. Am I giving enough? Like God is sitting over there with his accountant's book and makes your like red pen circle in your name. God's not doing that. It's not, I think it's more about our heart's posture towards it. Just start giving somewhere. Like I, I was helping a friend of ours and they're making their budget and like, I've never given to church. Where do I start? And I was like, what do you think you should start with? Mm -hmm. What do you think that you can do right now? Mm -hmm. And not like, okay, I've did it check off, but like start get in the habit of regularly giving knowing that that's a priority. Uh, and then I think continuing to go back to that, whether it's once a year when you make your budget and set that out, or uh, even once a month, uh, not that it just becomes automatic and you forget about it. Like it should, it should hurt. It, there should be mm -hmm. a like, I, I am making this happen. This isn't just something that I'm setting on autopilot and letting go. It's a sacrifice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Giving sacrificially. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the question that we can ask uh, is not the question of, am I giving enough, but how can I give more? Hmm. In what other ways can I be generous? Like what, are, what are the needs that I'm noticing, whether it's a neighbor or a coworker or um, somebody that I'm connected to that's involved in some way? Like how, how can I be more generous towards the work that God is doing hmm. that I'm invited to be a yeah. part of? And really this being a generous or a, I'm sorry, a, joyful giver yeah 
um, being generous joyfully mm-hmm. is got to flow from mm-hmm. our understanding of we love because God first loved us. Yeah, our generosity right. comes because God has been so generous to us, not an obligation duty, even though there's wisdom in applying these principles to guard against greed, but it should flow out of a, a worshipful heart that it is a sacrifice. I go back to what you mentioned, Lance, of give, save, live mm-hmm. is super simple for me. Is make your giving choices, then make your saving choices, then make your living choices. Mm-hmm. Too often, everybody seems to make living choices mm-hmm. Then they try to save the much they can, and it's, oh, I wish I had some more to, to be generous. And it really reflects priorities. Yeah. When you get your money, your form of budget, make your giving choices first, make your saving choices second, then decide, hey, we can live on the rest and do that. The other thing that comes to mind is in First Timothy 6 as well, when uh, Paul's talking about godliness with contentment is, is of great gain. Mm. And then he goes on to say, if I have food and clothing, I'm good. Now, that's the Apostle Paul. He, he shows a pretty like, hey, if I have these two things, then I, I'm fine. Um, but we, also, we often don't define our contentment standards. And when we don't, we're often discontent. Mm. Um, so one of the things, I forget who advised us in this, but early on in our marriage, uh, we kind of put a ceiling on our income, even though we were far from it. I think I was a new pastor making like $24,000 a year um, at the time, uh, we, it, it worked. Um, but we were told, like, what, what do we want at the ceiling? Or what would we never do? So my wife and I said, we never need to make more than what two teachers would make. Now, there's nothing spiritual about that. I'm not saying people that make different decisions are, are less godly. We just made a decision, like, if we ever found ourselves in a situation where we're making more than what two teachers make, then we're going to give that money away. Hmm. And we're going to, and I think setting that uh, in the beginning of our marriage was helpful. Mm-hmm. Like we want to be generous. We don't need to just try to always continue to increase our lifestyle. Hmm. Um, so that was helpful. And just kind of putting a, a cap because contentment is a good thing for hmm. that. So uh, Veritas, hopefully, uh, you will be on your guard against all kinds of covetousness. Um, I got one more thing. Do it. I I, got to throw this in before we wrap up. Um, And that is, I just want to encourage people um, who are having a hard hard time. You know, um, you are where you are in your, in your financial world right now. Okay. And I know that people are struggling. I know that um, there's jobs on the line right now in certain situations and, you know, you look at the widow's might, you know, and what she gave, and you can see that the size of the gift in the world is not the size of the gift in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. That a very, very small gift can be huge to God if uh, it's sacrificial giving. So, you know, if you're, I don't want to throw out a situation, but if you know your job's in jeopardy in the next few months and you continue to give the way that you have, your gift has increased in value um, because it is a more mm-hmm. sacrificial uh, gift. There's an analogy about our giving, and that is because um, we know how this story ends, right? We know we know where we're going, and we know um, where eternal value is. So today with our money, it's like being towards the end of the Civil War, and we're down south, and Atlanta's burning, and we've got a whole bunch of Confederate money. And we have the opportunity to exchange that for Yankee dollars 
no offense to any rebels, but um, uh, that are going to have value for a long, mm -hmm. long time. Now, even that's such a flawed analogy because what we send on ahead uh, to God's work is e of eternal value. But we have a chance to exchange those confederate, the, the things that are going to be soon worthless mm -hmm. for things of eternal value. So if you meditate on that and dwell on that, I think it could help us all to uh, inspire our For reading. sure. It's intriguing <laughs> when Christ talks about laying up treasures in heaven. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like an eternal being is giving us insider trading mm -hmm. advice <laughs> for, uh, that. like you're going to want to invest here. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. moth and rust do not destroy. Like this is a good investment, mm -hmm. not just yeah. generosity. The returns are out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like an accountant, <laughs> a Christian account joke. Uh, Lance, thanks for being with us and having sure. this conversation. Thanks if you're a part of our church and you listen to this and you feel like, I could really use some help uh, being a better manager of money, we would love to help you in any way that we can. We want to be good stewards. We want to be worshipers of God, even in the way we handle money. Mm. Um, so hopefully this was helpful for you. And if you need more help, please reach out to us. We love you.